everybody. Season four of Magnify is still a few weeks away, but we thought we'd throw on a few bonus episodes. Enjoy a sit-down with Joe Keller, Alan Berthium, and David Fogelsong as they engage in a laughter-filled Truck Buddies episode. Hope you enjoy. I do have to also say that I am a little, like, self-conscious, even, like, a little neurotic right now about touching my eyes, David. Oh, man. I, yeah, I woke up this morning, and my eyes were itchy, and I'm like, oh, no. Just wash and your then, hands. And mine then I, no, mine, mine was leaking a little bit, and no, I freaked out. No, no, I was no. like, I got it. No, I did I this morning, it. and then it was, like, a little crusty, and I'm like, oh, no, no, because I was with both you and Ryan, so that's, like, four eyes that had pink <laughs> eyes. Our eyes are just right, dripping yeah. as we're talking. Yeah, because yeah, both you and Ryan fun. because both you and Ryan had massive double pink eye, yeah. right? And then you came, then you came to work after antibiotics. Yes. But again, that didn't help me this morning. No. As I was saying that I'm like, "Oh no." And so I'm like, I'm doing the thing where I'm rubbing my eye with like the outside of my wrist. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I was doing one of those jobbies. And I'm like, what is going on? And then I realized, no, listen, it's going to be okay. I saw, I saw Ryan. I go, hey, Ryan, good morning. He's like, good morning. And it's just like, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It was, like, it. It was like Porky Pig got like punched in the face. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, I go, hey, how are you doing? He's like. I'm a little self-conscious about my face. <laughs> I look like- and then, of course, of course, in those moments, because I'm an idiot, I, like, lean into it. I'm like, no, no, you're fine. Hey, don't worry about it. And then I take two steps. like, man, I got to wipe my eye with the outside of my wrist. Because <laughs> I don't want to get that. Because I don't want to get that. <laughs> I'm going to avoid Pizza the Hut over there. I don't want to get I'm my- sorry. And Ryan were wearing glasses indoors the whole time while we were camping just because yeah. we didn't want our kids to constantly look at us and be like, huh? Like literally, our glasses were on, and then we take them off, and it was like, "Oh gosh, put them back on." <laughs> oh, oh no, Daddy! Please, yeah, please put those on. So, Audrey, I didn't feel like shaving at all. I was just yeah, like, "No, I just don't want to do anything." And she, Steph, later told me, she came to her, she's like, "Mom, Daddy looks different. <laughs> His hair's too long. Oh, His eyes look bad. What is happening to him?" <laughs> Over the corner. <laughs> It's like, Daddy, uh, what's fish, happening? Uh, fish, please, fish. Uh. <laughs> Throw him some fish. <laughs> Ryan's just hot compressing and cold compressing. <laughs> Dude, it was a sight to see. It was okay. And then I ran into your dad in the parking lot, so I was like, I was like, hey, Wayne, you know, blah, blah. He goes, what's the formal word for it? Conjunctivitis. Yeah, conjunctivitis. So I was like, yeah, I'm like, I was like, hey, Wayne, boy, I hear your boys. He's like, yeah, they both got conjunctivitis. I go, oh, my. I guess we're, I guess Ooh, we're, in, that, like that. I guess we're in that space now. <laughs> and so he's like, it was very, you know, he's, you know, yeah. he carries himself that way, very yes. regal, you know. He's like, you know, they both had conjunctivitis. So I go, oh, oh, I just thought it was pink eye. But then, <laughs> then he starts talking and then at the end of it, I go, I go, I tell you what, Wayne, I'm such a horrible dad. If I was there, I would have put them both together and have taken a picture. He's like, oh, we totally did that. We did. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah. Like, like, you guys see the picture? <laughs> oh, no, and are you serious? It? Oh, yeah. It's a great picture. Oh, I want to see it. Describe it. I ended up yesterday going to the Disney studio lot. And so we went and we're walking around and 
and I thought of you. We were uh, <clears throat> we were looking at some different art stuff, and we were looking at concept art. Mm. So there's a way where you can walk through the, when you're at the Disney lot. You can walk through and the animation the animation studio. Not not the one with the big hat, but there's like another one that was a part of the original buildings. Okay. And it's most administrative offices. So anyway, so you walk through, but in the hallway, they have the stages of animation, of hand-drawn mm. animation, and then they have concept art and everything like that. And so <clears throat> I was looking at some of the concept art and it reminded me of Mary Blair. Yes. And Very so, talented. Right? And so, which also reminded me of that, that that kind of art yes. and the way this is something that kind of you and I both kind of enjoy there was like this crossover between the physical objects that disney made and like the paintings so like everything that they did like had this crossover and obviously progressed to what it is today but it's pretty amazing pops of color that probably shouldn't be there like the big scene where cinderella the horses are chasing cinderella yes. after she's left the castle yeah. and it's like a very like dark blue or purple background black horses but then like you could see the capes in red it's like that shouldn't like practically you don't see that because the moonlight isn't showing red, but she made it red. It's like an incredible. It, it was so cool decision. because, and I saw one of the Mary Blair concept arts was out there from, and it was from Cinderella. It was the, the folks that I was with. They're like, "Who's that?" And so then I went down the rabbit's hole, and I was oh, like, nice. "Ted, blah blah blah." And then a lot of that like pop color and big shapes. That's where they were like getting the stuff from. Mm. It was really cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, it holds up till today. We have animators in Disney in the church. They do. Yeah, yeah no, do. I mean, like, I, I didn't even know. Mark Hen until I had gotten here. But of course, one of our sweet receptionists, Debbie Hen, is married to Mark Hen, who, who made uh, or drew uh, a number of Disney princesses and uh, Simba from The Lion King and whatnot. And sure enough, you go on Disney Plus and you can watch him talking about how people can draw Simba and how the story of like how he drew Simba and why he drew him in certain ways and whatnot. But like his roster is like Ariel. Pocahontas, like yes. Belle, right? Belle, which was like when I grew up, she was the princess. Like she, like that was the big product. It's Belle, Simba, and then yeah. No, I think a lot. I don't think a lot of people know. I think a lot of people know Alan that you have a you, you have a deep movie TV you know history yeah, as well. You know, great. I knew we were gonna get some. No, it's, no. I think I think that's I think that's I don't think a lot of people know that you know yeah. you have a nice rich history. Nine hundred two and zero, right? I was in a season of nine hundred two and zero. Really? Of the original. Yeah, yeah, you didn't know that. I was I was a kid. I was just an extra. We were they were filming a whole season here on the beach, and uh, they needed kids, and so my my brother and I were part of. Uh, of the group. And so I'm in a number of scenes in the background and then I get to shoot Jason Priestley with a water gun and stuff. So that's really yep. cool. Did that, did, um, commercials and stuff. My brother was in, uh, saved by the bell okay. for a little while. Um, picket fences. No joke. Yeah. Yeah. My, the story is that my brother was also the runner up, uh, to be a young Forrest Gump in Forrest Gump. He was almost oh, the right. kid, but then the kid, the other kid. Got it. So, I think wow. most people can say that they're the runner up of just about everything. I think it's a, you know, <laughs> nobody, I was a, nobody questions I was runner, it. Right? I was, I was the yeah. runner up to go to the Olympics in uh, 78. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? We're, yeah. Because there's sure. no proof of it anywhere. Yeah. You never know. Actually, it's my, sorry. I was like, my, my, my Olympic connection was that my junior high principal won the silver medal in the breaststroke. In the Olympics? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that was the deal. Yeah, so that was like my Olympic claim to fame is that 
I got I got detention from <laughs> from an Olympic athlete. <laughs> that's, that's about as close that's about as close as I'm gonna get to the Olympics, you know. <laughs> so, I've been to the Olympics. I went, have you really? We went in Eng- when we were in England, we went to the London Olympics. You've been to the, you've we, been to, you've you had to get England? like tickets for it. Yeah. <laughs> Did I tell you what a story? <laughs> I was like this I, ongoing Dan, joke with Dan, Joe and I every time Dan, I mention I was I, like, like drop when he, when he, that I lived in when England. He dropped, <laughs> like, every time. Because he'll drop it sometimes, you know? It'd be like, you know, it's you know, when I was in England, I go, Oh, you're in England. It's my favorite thing. It's so nice. It's like, it's like, this cause, humble cause, brag I just drop every yeah, now and then. Yeah, I just, like, no, you know, like when, when I was in England. You know, when I was in the Olympics. You know, when I was in, you know, when I was in England. And that was the deal. I was like, oh, I went to the Olympics, you know, because when I was in England. Oh, you were in England. So I always like, whenever I get a chance, just does that. Like, no, but we went to, we went to water polo of all of Olympic sports to see. We watched water polo. That is a violent sport. It is. Man, they, I mean, those guys do not mess around. I have a fear. Like when you're in a pool roughhousing anyways, you're like, yeah, can I hold my breath this long? But that's what these guys do for a living. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that they're treading water. Oh, and like without kicking their arms. at each other yeah. and stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a. And you know, the Olymp- by the way, since we're here, the Olympics are coming to LA. Yeah, man. And I am going to like put in all of my days off. I'm going to say, no, I mean, totally. Like, I'm just telling you, you had like how many times, not since I think it was like 84, right? It was the last time. Yeah, the 80s. The, I'm just saying, you don't get the opportunity to go to the Olympics sure. ever, yeah. right? I mean, I would, and again, I know it was in Atlanta, but I don't think I would, I don't think I would necessarily fly to Atlanta right. to go yeah. to the Olympics. Yeah, I would, yeah. And no kidding you, every time that the Olympics are on TV, I don't know if you're like this, but it's like, no kidding, for those like two weeks, I'm up till one o'clock in the morning every you're, single you're night. And I'm in. watching you're and I'm watching, watching like yeah. doubles, like team diving. Oh, like yes. I just I can't they do it so well that they they package it and the whole thing. I so just good. I can't stop. And then I'm watching like equestrian and I'm like, what am I doing? But I can't get enough of it. And I'm like, this is it. I'm saving up all my nickels. I'm getting it <laughs> together. I'm gonna figure out how it's gonna work. And then I'm going to go there and just devour it the production quality on the olympics is over the top yeah so they literally have four years so they're creating camera angles packages toss it i mean just the whole the whole production quality of showcasing all of that let alone the drama of it right the fact that you know this person has been training for four years and they get up to this starting block and their shoes untied and boop, there's another four years. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like the, the tension of it, the whole thing, it's like, I can't get enough of it. And so I'm sitting there just eating Cheetos, sitting on the couch, <laughs> watching these high stellar athletes. And I'm like, man, that's the best ever, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy a bunch of sunblock. I'm going to get a big hat. I'm going to get probably, probably a tank top that says USA all day. And I'm going <laughs> to go for it. Great. Man. USA all day. All day. <laughs> that's nice. I saw that at Kohl's. I went into Kohl's to return Amazon, which is the only time you go to Kohl's, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so I'm returning Amazon. Amazon. And then Kohl's wins, right? Because I wouldn't naturally go into Kohl's, you know? So I go, I, I go to Kohl's for Amazon and then I come back and I'm like, you always forget all the stuff that's in Kohl's. So then I end up spending an hour and a half at Kohl's, and so like Kohl's totally wins. Yeah. So I go in and I'm cash. like, oh, I return this thing, and they go, oh, Kohl's, 
That's right. I can get a shirt for nine ninety nine, and this will work, and it'll work. So I was in there, and they had a shirt. They had a shirt that that said USA all day on it. I had a shirt for Fourth of July that uh, had a bald eagle on I it, and it said it "Bald nice. is beautiful." Oh, really? Which is fitting. <laughs> Speaking of something, camera just camera just shoved into my face. What we're supposed to be talking about? No, he's like, please stop talking about. He's like, please stop shirts. talking about shirts. Can we talk about Shark Week? It is it is Shark Week this week. Oh man, I don't dude, know. I hate Shark Week. I you hate. I grew up watching on. Shark Week, and I'm no, like, oh wait, nothing's changed no, in the content that you're producing, no, dude. No. Before you continue to talk, I should preface that like my family sees it as a national holiday every every single year. <laughs> you let your kids watch Shark Week, bro. We not only we put up shark related paraphernalia all throughout the house. It's everywhere. We have a giant tent shaped like a shark that extends from the ceiling down to the middle of the room. Do your children swim in the open water? Not really. They're nine and five, so there's not a lot of backstroking in the open ocean, Joe. I'm just saying, 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 Millie, Millie's going to go on a junior high beach day, and they're like, hey, come on, Millie. She's like, no. No, (laughs) No, I'm good. Why is that? Because my dad made a tent out of shark when I was was, (laughs) was a kid. It's not (laughs) handmade. I didn't, like, (laughs) sew together Come on, kids. Come on, kids. Wake up. (laughs) Wake up. We're all going to have tomato juice. (laughs) No, but we do. We do make shark related like things. We have it's like you get blue jello for the ocean or a little whipped cream, right? And you get Swedish fish and you put them in there, right? It's cute. Are you being serious? Graham cracker crust for the sand. Do you you record and watch later? You watch live? What do we do? We so this year, uh, you can stream it, you can stream the bits that you want to watch, and so we'll watch them ones that are more appropriate for kids, you know, that we'll watch as a family, but then the other ones. And yeah, we'll watch later. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, that guy got bit by a bull shark. And like, we'll save that one from the kids this year. By the way, it is always the bull shark. Dude, don't mess every, with them. Every time. That's right. You don't know what good on you, making it a shark week. We did that one time, mm. and none of my children will go beyond their, you know. That's my fear. All of them. It's like, once yeah. they see it, they're like, it's my, kids, it happened- my kids swim out in the open ocean. No, that's no, that's like, the thing. Oh, like, then you all, won't go out there because yep, you're afraid there's yep. a shark underneath. You. All I mean, all of my children, and you've seen my children. I mean, they're young adults, and they just like they like open open ocean is because we did Shark Week once, and mm-hmm. we didn't even like make a tent or do Jello stuff or anything like that. To be fair, awesome. I feel like Shark Week, if more now than ever, has been like sharks are fine. You're not going to get hurt by sharks, you know. Like, and even on the on the TV today, they've been talking about how in Carpinteria and in the local beaches here, how there are more sharks than than usual uh and and they don't hurt any but no one's gotten bit this year hold on hey but Steph can you cancel I, our beach trip no that's it <laughs> my kids were at the beach yesterday and no, my son what, was playing in the water but. no that's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying it's like that it's that fact that fact that my children don't they actually have have you ever swam out to the have you swam out to the deck out there I have I'm not I've seen that. it but I've not done it oh, dude, no, it's yeah cool. I'm yeah. telling you what when you're out there you have one thought shark week shark yeah yeah something's I, in the, the water it's the swim back right you're like Ugh. No, but you got, it's actually, but, but, but it does when you're out there, it looks like, it looks like that platform that's in Jaws. The only time I felt the most, like I was going to get attacked by a shark was I was kayaking from Catalina toward the mainland of California. And then my buddies and I decided we're all going to jump out. Time out. Yeah. You were what? Kayaking in a, in a kayak. (laughs) I don't explain that any better. We're in a kayak. Uh, so the trek was kayaking from from Catalina Island to, to toward the mainland. Okay. Of yeah, that's an uncommon way to travel. Yeah, no, 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 we no, were, no, no. Yeah. I just was. I would, I'm. I'm going to overlook his tone, but <laughs> when we, <laughs> I was just saying that what I heard him say was I was kayaking from Catalina to the mainland. That's what you were saying, right? Tor- correct. I wasn't like I wasn't 
planning on ending the journey, if that makes sense. We were just in the direction toward the mainland. And that was my kind clarifying question. I understand. That then you attacked you. like Forget a the bullshit. ferry. I can <laughs> make this like trip. I'm going to like, I'm hey, bring oh, what are you talking about, Joe? Kayaking. Where are you? You live in a hole? Hold and on. I'm, like, I'm going to bring it full circle for question. you. Um, and then um, you, t- you attack. I think, honestly, I think that aggressiveness comes from all shark of your- Shark uh, Shark Probably. Week. I'm going to bring it full circle. So we're making, we're making this trek out. We decide we're going to jump out of the canoe or the kayaks and swim for a bit in the open ocean. We do that. And it's the moment when you're in the open ocean trying to get back into a kayak that is the most frightening moment. Because that's the moment you're splashing, you're you're flailing, and you can't really quite get in. And that's the moment I felt like, oh, this is when I die. And I got in the kayak, was fine. We get back to Catalina. There's a guy on the deck waving us in, like frantically. And we get there, and the guy goes, what are you doing? You're, are you are you fools? Like this is the most shark infested water in the world between Catalina and California. Oh, the and sure enough, Google it. Between Catalina and California, there are more sharks per whatever uh, than anywhere else in the world. So, but I didn't. I mean, I didn't die. I didn't get bit or anything. So, hey, you guys want to go kayaking next week, Catalina? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need to say. I just so need one more clarification. <laughs> <laughs> I just re- again, you were not again. planning on going from Correct. Catalina to I the mainland not, in a kayak. Not. We were just okay, goofing around aimed, in kayaks. Okay. The direction we were headed to, is toward the mainland. Trying you're to get correct. my head around. See, that's why I, th- I thought I was going to like, bring dude, a full circle. Good on you. This <laughs> is <laughs> real. Uh, I was in so aerobics. I, a lot. So I was. I was walking from Santa Clarita to to San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. I was walking in the, you know, the other day, the other day, Alan, I was, uh, I was walking in the direction of San Diego. <laughs> yeah. I decided and to I was, ride my bike like, from Santa Clarita <laughs> to the direction of Mammoth. Right? <laughs> and then, <laughs> wait a minute, you're going to ride your bike to Mammoth? Right about, right <laughs> no, I'm not going to ride to, yeah. <laughs> right about downtown <laughs> Newhall, I was, yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. Anyway, I, again. Cameron showed me the list again. Uh, we have an official. <laughs> and Sarah, I think, literally fell asleep. <laughs> she's, like, she's over there in the car. She's like, this is she's the most boring. She's cranking out work. She's about, <laughs> this is like, this is like, yeah. They're just like, why, why are we doing? Hard pivot. <laughs> this was your, speaking of, speaking of kayaking from Catalina Island. In the, the, direction, the, of the, in the direction of the mainland. <laughs> in the direction of the mainland. It's so funny. It's like, thank you so much for that specific direction. <laughs> I was in my kayak looking back at Catalina <laughs> with my feet <laughs> towards the Wait south. Anyway, speaking of kayaking, mm. this was your first summer adventure, Alan. This was my first. <laughs> yeah, this was my first summer adventure. It and was so, fantastic. And so speaking of overwhelming directional type events... You know, being the guy that's over, again, going to overlook your tone. The, (laughs) how do you, how did, how did, how did you kind of feel being a part of it? Uh, Obviously, now that you're in the chair and working with the team, both behind the scenes and giving direction, as well as a dad with, with Millie and, you know, and Silas. Uh, I don't know. What what were some of your, what were some of your big walkaways, both experiencing it and being a part of the leadership? What Mm. were some of the things for you that. Yeah, Summer Adventure was was amazing. Uh, I've been a part of VBS for a long time in, in different contexts and different places. And um, Joe, I don't know if you know, but I lived in England for a little while and we did summer oh, programs there as well. But oh, anyways, you do, oh, you do nothing, VBS in England? nothing VBS? like... <laughs> Is that how they say it out there? Uh, uh, no, that is not. 
Are you going to VBS on Tuesday? We appreciate all of our British listeners. <laughs> please, please don't stop listening. Um, Summer Adventure was really uh, impactful for my family and for my kids. They loved it. Uh, it was, it was perhaps the most involved they they've been able to be in a summer program like that. And our church does such a fantastic job uh, on every facet, right? It's not just um, the big assemblies and and uh, the the parts that I don't know, you know, that we would maybe put in a video up on the main screen. It's the it's the little details of to how we design our campus that week, uh, the people who are there to help, and we the feedback we have gotten over and above anything else is how much people appreciated uh, the people who were serving, right? It's the folks who were there pouring into the kids who were serving uh, and helping and blessing the kids that week to learn more about who God is and then what that means for our relationship with him. So uh, it's been such a such an amazing thing, even on this end, now looking back to it to see the responses that are coming in, the, the survey responses that we're getting are unbelievable. Uh, and we've we're, we should be sharing those regularly because they're so, so good. People were saying this was what got their kids back going to church. As a family, they're now going to church here. Um, this is what got their kids reading the Bible. Um, people were naming other volunteers by name, saying this person uh, blessed my son as a table leader uh, and whatnot. So just from every facet of Summer Adventure, it was such a blessing to see how God brought all of these uniquely gifted people together to bless all of these kids. And it was such a, such a triumph, really. What are some of the things that you, you and the team are really kind of looking forward to as you head into the fall, mm. thinking about adult and family ministries, kind of that K yeah. through college, XYZs, you know, building off of that. What are some of the things that you and your team are kind of targeting, looking forward to? Maybe give us an insight on that. Sure. I think as a leadership team, we've been talking even more. Joe and, I, Joe and I have been spending some time together talking through that a lot of our programs tend to get highlighted, but really the the focus is people over program, right? It's, it's intentionality with individuals and not just throwing something up that's flashy. And I think we learned that from Summer Adventure. Yes, Summer Adventure does, uh, I think, appeal in the, in the, in the big eye-catching way, but it really is the people that make it, right? That really make it uh, shine so well. And so in the same way as we're looking into student ministries, as we're looking to college ministries, uh, we're, we're trying to accentuate opportunity for people to be together, right? For iron sharpening iron, that, that type of process for our events is more important than simply having uh, a big a big showcase, if what, that makes sense. You know, what is it, Alan? You know, we talk about this. And when you talk about, like, leadership and discipleship, when we're around the table, you kind of talk about it like, oh, that's what you do, right? It's like, it's more like a, it's very intuitive. You kind of feel it. But yet, in terms of discipleship and training and development, to really kind of break that down to help someone else to be able to walk into a room and to be intentional about that. What are some of the things that when you walk into a room and you're wanting to, you're wanting to take an event, so it's a pizza event, it's whatever, that kind of thing, and you walk in, you walk in and you're thinking this program yeah. is, is a conduit for relationships. Yeah. What are some of the things when you walk into the door that you look for? What are the things that you're aware of? And then what are some, what are some like walkaways for you? You're like, oh, I walked away in an event 
highlighting relational forward yeah because i was faithful to lean into these kinds of things huh yeah walk us into your thinking yeah you know oftentimes if even on a wednesday night walking into the wednesday evening programming i'm looking for our our staff uh interacting with the students are they actually spending time talking about life and and reality you know just or are the kids sort of by themselves and just playing foosball or doing things i'll be the one to go and engage right just to be there and say hey what's up guys and encourage our other staff to not just be by ourselves we don't want to be isolating we're actually we're trying to do is create a, a culture of belonging of people feeling like hey it matters that i'm here not that there's people here or that every chair is filled but that I as a human being am here. And that's so important for unity in the church is that sense that I'm uniquely gifted by God, right? That God has created me uh, as an individual that if I'm not serving, if I'm not using my gifts and using my talents and being a vibrant part of the body of Christ, then it actually hurts the church as a whole. And that there's not another me. And therefore, there's not another you in this church, right? There might be people who share some of the gifts that you have, but not in the same unique structure that you have them. Uh, And so therefore, you're the only you, right? And I was talking about this on Sunday with the high school students. You're the only you in this church. And if you're not a vibrant part of, of this church, if you're not a vibrant part of this community, it's the church who suffers, right? Like we want you, we want you invested. So then how, do, how does someone intentionally communicate that to another person in an event? Yeah, I think it starts with uh, a couple of things. The first is just attention is number yeah. one. Yeah. Give somebody else attention. Yeah. Note that they are there, right? Uh, re- try and ask their name. If you don't remember their name, hey, what's your name? What's going on? Take a, a, an interest in them as an individual. Uh, and then that follows up with uh, genuine investment in that person. So if they start sharing things like, uh, you know, I'm struggling with this or here's what's going on in my life or my grandmother's in the hospital, that's an important aspect that they're sharing with you. You should make a note of and that the next time you see them, you're bringing those important aspects up, right? You're saying, hey, how's your grandma, right? What, what happened with the, the hospital visit last week? So that person not only recognizes that you see that they are there, but now they see an investment in them that, oh, actually you care about me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it goes into serving them, finding a way to meet their needs. You want to increase somebody's belonging in a group, find ways that they have needs and see how we as a church can fill those needs. And then the last aspect of that, I think, is finding a place for them to use their gifts, right? Mm. Finding somewhere for them to feel useful. Because when you're plugged in and you're serving and you're using your gifts, you feel like you want to be a part of that group. And that if you're not going to be there on Sunday, that it's a bummer, right? Like, actually, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do what I want to be able to do and serve. So those kind of four things are... See, it's interesting because belonging really is reciprocal, right? Sure, that, man. There, yeah. there, there's, this, there's this echo back in relationship that happens in belonging. So I'm going to pursue, take an interest, curiosity, uh, understand, to, to recognize, uh, to find joy in an individual, but it belonging doesn't happen really until that either gets shared with someone else or gets reciprocated back. That there really is this uh, this beautiful play that happens uh, that's really filled with joy. You'd use these words like, you know, taking an interest and curiosity, that that really is what intentionality is, is going, listen, I'm going to walk in intentionally, intentionally not thinking primarily about myself, 
but I'm actually going to enjoy myself, right? I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to have joy in the curiosity and the interest of others. And I think that's really where humility comes from. It's not really that it's this self-forgetfulness and finding joy and delight into who others are and how Jesus is expressed in them and in the body of Christ and the way that they're uniquely gifted, this renewed emphasis, or just a reminder, resetting the table again, coming back to first principles of going, yeah, in the end, I, you know, we love making things. We love shiny things. We love great programming. I mean, obviously we do, right? I mean, it's the joy of it, but it really is, it really is the purpose that those serve a purpose. Even Sunday mornings, if you think about it, like if Ryan was in here, I mean, all the, all the level of production and thoughtfulness and intentionality that goes into a Sunday morning that in the end, that's not the point of a Sunday morning. That in the end, the, the goal of the pulpit, of singing, of all that is to have the word of God move into the hearts of God's people so that they might, they might resonate, encourage, unify, and then apply what it means to belong and to live as a human being under the Lordship of Christ. And you can't do that in isolation, right? For sure. Man. You can't do yeah. that in isolation. And a program, a program can't create that. And that's what's so interesting, I think, Alan, about about where we talk about these things and specifically uh, the conversations that you're having with your team because it's just in your DNA is that you go, look, a program can't create that. Like it just can't. A system can't create that. That only within the context of interpersonal relationship does human flourishing and discipleship really happen. And that was your point about Summer Adventures. You're going, yeah, Summer Adventure is like, I mean, probably if we think about it, probably the most um, the most comprehensive most comprehensive ministry effort that we do as a church in terms of the amount of sure. people yeah. the All amount of staff the amount, it's right. just it's spectacularly beautiful but in the end the walk away was not the production the walk away and the goal is always in the context of people knowing and understanding who Jesus is and then living that out in a context of belonging david you and i have, have talked so much about that because yeah, you create things. I mean, that's really what you do, right? Yeah. You create things, but it's not about the thing. Yeah, it's never about the thing. So how does, how does intentionality and relationship and belonging relate to what we're producing in terms of design, graphics, publications, mm -hmm. signage, all the things that you bring a high level of intentionality and design to? How does belonging and how does communication in terms of what we're doing as a church relate to the intentionality of design? Mm -hmm. Intentionality is really just the, the motivation to be able to produce something in a manner that is not uh, self-serving. You're thinking about other people. Mm. So our whole department is never thinking about ourselves. It's always, what are we doing for someone else? And that's just how it's supposed to be. So good. Yeah. So for our church family, when we're producing streams or for meeting with people about stories, we're not thinking about, man, this is like hitting me like this, but how is this going to hit the Grace Baptist family? Right. How is it going to hit a junior higher and how is it going to hit an XYZ -er? So we're like, how is this going to be received? How are they going to hear it? And so it's like, we're always thinking in that manner. We're doing booklets or publications, you know, when Aaron or, or David Haig or Joe or, you know, Alan, if we're writing stuff, how am I going to visually package it in a way that's number one, beautiful and interesting, 
but how does it support what's already being written? So how am I taking what's written and drawing out of that a visual aspect of it? So anything that we're doing is like, how are our people going to receive it? And how does it solve the problem for people to be equipped to do the work of ministry? Like, that's the only thing. When I wake up most mornings, it's like, how are our people going to be equipped to do the work of ministry through design and storytelling? Like, that's all I, I ever think about. Because you're, you're utilizing beauty and art and words and pictures, and you're employing those, those, those essential pieces. Yes, to communicate messages, but it's also in support of what we have the written word or things that are, are being written and, and said. So it's yeah. like, I'm literally in a position to put two of the, my most favorite things together, mm. which is art and design and really biblical content. Like that is like, that's what, the moneymaker. What would you say is the end goal? Somebody out of all the stuff that 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 you're intentional about art and design and communication, what would you what would you hope that and, and we've and we've talked about this, yeah, right? That that in the end you just like that you drive back to the same main goal every time and articulate that for me. Yeah, let's see if I can articulate that for you. <laughs> yeah, I think ultimately it's worship. Yep. Ultimately yep. it's worship. Yep. I want personally, what I do to be a worshipful sacrifice to our savior. So when he's like, when I'm like creating something and I'm like, well, that's trash, which happens most days. I'm like designing stuff. I'm like, that's just going to scrap. My intention, I hope would be like, the Lord would be pleased with my intention for creating those things, which is never self-serving. It's always for someone else, but I want it to be beautiful. And I want it to ultimately be glorifying to God primarily. Secondly, it's like, how does it help our people to see how good God is mm. or to consume something that will only benefit them? So it's not art for art's sake that won't benefit their spiritual life. Sure. It's art that push forward the growth in their Lord in some sort of manner. You know, it could yep. be very simple or it could be very, you know, complex. So good, man. And, yeah. and that's, and what I love is, is that that kind of intentionality comes into directional signage. And the, I, it's just like, and again, and again, I mean, full disclosure, like I just, one of my favorite spaces in all of the Grace Baptist campus is being up there with David and his team. I just, I, I delight in it. It's, it's life giving to me because it's just, it's, it's, it's intentionality on steroids. I just like, it's (laughs) your thing. And with the end goal, with the end goal of how do we mobilize, how do we mobilize people to follow Jesus in the context of relationships, to Absolutely. put him on display in our valley, in our hearts, and around the world. And so then all of a sudden, how things are put together and solving problems to be able to present those things in the context of creativity and beauty and thought and wrestling, that the craft of that, the craft of that, like a like a carpenter, right? Or someone who's constructing a, a sermon or somebody who's um, designing a, um, a play for, um, for a, a football team or a ballet, that the thought and intention of direction and all those things, that it's not just for the sake of the thing. Yes. It's just never about the thing. Yes. And it, we talk, <laughs> actually, David and I talked, Alan, I've said this before, just David and I come up with little phrases, but one of them that we talk about is, it's never about the thing, but we like making things. 
Yeah. Like, like, right? like, like we enjoy, like I enjoy, yeah. I enjoy the, the presentation of a room. I like it when a high schooler walks into a room and, oh, and, this and is it's cool. Yeah. And, right. it's spe- yeah. And, yeah, and it yeah. speaks and they're like, wait a minute. But then in that space, in that space that they realize that the space is not the point, right? Correct. but rather that, but rather that is belonging. And it really goes back to kind of the book of Ecclesiastes and all these other ones where you go, listen, all of these things are good. But they're not great. They're all good, but they're not prime. They're not what draws me into my identity and my belonging. They fit into that category of 1 Corinthians 10 where Mm. you can eat and drink to the glory of God. Do all things, therefore, right? You can do everything. So even this space that we're creating, we're creating it for the glory of God, not just because it's cool, right? Like it's And what's what's so fantastic is is that I, I probably would think that the majority... The majority of the people who hit our campus can't digest or cognitively identify that. Yeah. So they see something and they can't, they can't put their, they, they can't put words to it, but they can feel it. Yeah. There's an experiential like, thing that's happening to them. There is yeah. because that's the difference between service and hospitality. Service is just delivering a product. Hospitality, in the end, cares about how the person feels, their experience, mm-hmm. how it moves them, well and that's and that's why hospitality is this biblical framework. It, it's a it's a paradigm that elders actually are called to be hospitable. That that's a context. So that when we're talking about creating a space, and it's not about the thing, it's not about the space, but rather it's about the people belonging within that space, which, with intention. So that somebody might know and follow Jesus in the context of relationships for mm-hmm. his glory and for my joy. And that's why, that's why the process of creating matters. Because mm-hmm. people matter. Yeah. Because the way in which you do that, the way in which you go about it, how you craft together, how you build a team to produce those things, that even the process itself, like what you're talking about, David, that actually the process of designing a Wednesday night, of creating a, a design on something, of being able to put together a Sunday morning, that in the end, the process of doing that has to be an act of worship itself. Correct. Because in the end, in the end, a person, even though they can't identify the details, that they can sense in the end that the process was done as an act of worship. Mm-hmm. It's interesting to me that somebody once said, you know, that they're like, oh, I can tell that this, you know, that these cookies are, are baked with love, you know? Right. And I think what they're trying to articulate is, I know that you were intentional. You were intentional and you were thoughtful that the way in which you went about this was thoughtful of others mm-hmm. and yea, verily actually thoughtful of me. And I think that's when people come and they're like, man, you're being thoughtful of me. What's wonderful about it is, is that in the end, they never celebrate um, a, a design or a person or a program. In the end, the real get is, is that they go, wait a minute. The reason why they're intentional is because they want me to know and to walk with Jesus alongside them and to belong with them. And I think that that's, that's something that I just drink deeply of. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's, you know, I have, I have an, an odd, I have an odd and very healthy and broad appetite yes. for just about everything. <laughs> and that's why, that's why being with, being with the team, being with the team, you know, it's like Jared and Aaron and Mike and you and Alan, you know, being in the room and of course, Ryan, cause I never forget Ryan. You never forget Ryan. I always forget Ryan. All of those guys, all those guys, when we're in the room together, even though we're not 
we're not talking about, uh, we're talking about things and everybody kind of contributes and thinks about it because even though you have adult and family ministries and corporate worship and outreach and design and facilities and, and operations, in the end, what unites our hearts together is this intentionality that whatever it is, that we're going we're gonna to do that in a way that honors and designs towards people knowing and following Jesus. That kind of thoughtfulness, honestly, brother, is why um, you and Anna make blue jello with whipped cream. <laughs> not being serious. Yeah. Why you sure. make a tent. Why you create Again, a... I did not make the tent just by t- hand or whatnot. Pointed yeah. Can I see it so I can judge it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, but all, but, but all that, but too. think yeah. about it though. But think yeah. about it. Thanks, man. What we've been talking yeah. about is not something that falls under the responsibility of a staff, of a pastor, of a designer, of a vocational, but actually it's in the ordinary moments of creating intentional spaces and moments sure, so that right. you can cultivate belonging. And that's what Shark Week is, right? It's like you, you're doing those things, you're like, listen, we're going to create a sense of family. We're going to create a sense of belonging. We're going to do things it's and not we're going to celebrate yeah, and it really is do things, but for, it's, it's not about, a family it's not together. about all those things. It's about, it's about, it's something that, yeah. You know, the senior staff getting in a room together. Yeah. There's something about our senior staff family <laughs> that is very, very much a, a microcosm of the church family mm-hmm. where everybody has these so unique gifts, right? And you nece- you wouldn't necessarily put us each in the room. Like I'm not going to sit with David and draw, you know what I mean? Still the, the idea that we have different gifts all for the same goal, yeah. right? All for the same purpose is such a picture of our church family. People gather here, not because one aspect is so amazing, but because every part supplies, right? For the building up of the body, uh, which is the joy. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about when we get together is we're all very, very concerned about yeah. the why. Right. Oh, yeah. It's oh, not yeah. the what. Yeah. And I think any time like a what gets thrown, it's like there's like a zzz, zzz. Yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. Wait, oh, wait, wait. Why, why are we doing that? Like, why do we want to do that? Like, what's the motivation? What's the reason why? And I think our, the why has always been figured out for us. So we can start to make and create things because we know like this is for God's glory and for his people, you know? And so we just start to produce things out of that. And it's like, yeah, we got the why. Like, And what's, yeah. And what's cool is, is that, is that in the process of doing that, I get to experience belonging with mm. you guys. Yeah. That there's just, there's an enjoyment that the intentionality and thinking and being around the room together, actually as a process of that, that we get to practice and enjoy and to relate to and experience what it means to belong in that kind of context. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that just, I don't know, I just thank the Lord for it. You know, as we, uh, as we think about and kind of wrap up our time, it just was nice to, just kind of nice to hang out. That was my other, that was my other landing point. Cause Cameron again, shoved something in my face and said, you have five minutes. And if you don't land the plane, then you're going to be done. <laughs> land this yeah, plane. Right. If you don't so, land the plane, I will. On the back <laughs> that's end. right. And three, <laughs> two, one. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> He's going to pull the plug. Well, thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out. And again, obviously, Cam and Sarah, thanks for producing. And uh, thanks for listening to our little uh, Magnify podcast. It's a really uh, great opportunity just to hang out and to be together. So thanks for listening. We appreciate it.